Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl. What are we talking about today? Um, well, later on, we'll be doing our predictions for the final part of Christ on Infinite Earths and also give our opinions on what has happened in Crisis on Infinite Earths. But right now, we're going to start with our hopes for the new season of Doctor Who, which starts in like three days, I think. I think you're absolutely right. This is uh, Sunday. We're recording this, New Year's Eve, 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 I think. <laughs> I think yes. that's right. And uh, yeah, so, sun, uh, so Wednesday night... Is it Wednesday? 8 o'clock, January 1st, BBC America will be the first uh, Doctor Who of the new episodes, I mean, the new season. Yes, which I think it does, I feel like I have more, I have hope for this season because we Tell me we what's did giving you like the hope. Season 11. I think you heard somewhere that Chris Chibnall, because he is writing some of the episodes, but I think he's less involved than he was last season, and I think that's good. I did hear that. I wonder our, if that's true. But. Our least, our main, the main issue I think we had with season 11 was we thought the writing was atrocious. Yeah, the writing definitely took, well, in our opinion, it took a, it took a step down from previous previous seasons with the with this new showrunner and, and the al- writers. And also we have two-parters, finally, which I, means we have stories worth two-parting well yeah story is epic enough that they need more time right yes so that's something i think you and i have always enjoyed the two-part episodes in seasons past those are usually like the best kind of most epic storytelling that they do generally i mean there are exceptions of course but the two-parters are usually special yeah unless you're like waters of mars or vincent and the doctor then yeah then those are those are two of our (laughs) strong standalone episodes the waters of mars though i think was a longer than a normal doctor who episode i think it was one of those little extended ones but you know same point yes exactly so yeah and there's two of them this season correct yes for the beginning we get i think the first storyline is called siege and uh, i don't think we know the name of the last one Okay, so that's pretty exciting. So that tells me that at least they're have at least they're trying something new from last season, right? Yes. <coughs> what other signs of hope do you have, or what else makes you kind of excited or hopeful? Um, well, I love nostalgia, and the trailer had like Arachnos and some Cybermen, just some older Doctor Who villains. So I was, and the the Jadoon. Yeah, the Jadoon are, are back. That's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, so you, so you have some old oh, classic. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> exactly. Got some classic Doctor Who villains coming that we were excited about seeing. Um, anything give you pause about not being excited about the season? or The fact that, I don't know, I think just last season, just thinking about last season and the fact that I don't think we really know the Doctor or what makes her like special from the others yeah i kind of felt that way too so in the in the trailers we've been seeing you know a lot of times they've been like you know get to know the doctor and they'll flash up kind of all the modern who doctors including 
this last incarnation. And I don't think in that last season they did, they set up the gravitas of the Doctor enough. Like when I see her up there, and it's not, you know, her as an image, it's her as the Doctor and her as the Doctor last season. She seems too human. Yeah. Like there isn't some like alien separation and power of being that old in the universe and of affecting so much like i feel like they haven't set that up with her uh and i'm hoping she has at least one of those two moments one or one or one or two of those kind of moments of like fear the doctor yes i'm an ancient being i have seen much she seems um in the writing last year last season too yeah, too human too kind of lovey-dovey you know, yeah. and not of uh, awe and power. And, of course, she's all of it. You know, the Doctor is, is all of those aspects. But I think we've seen enough of those first ones. I want to see more strength and more epicness and ancientness and that kind of thing. And the fact that we had the same companions, too. Like, I hope they get rid of some companions this season or at least try to put less focus on the story, try not to give every single one their own. I mean, a beautiful moment. sign for me, and this might be this is asking probably too much. With them to be to you know to kill off a companion somewhere in the first, you know, two to four episodes. The first episode just kill. I mean, off that would two be amazing. We got one, one now. I think that would be amazing because it shows that it's serious that there are stakes that everybody's not going to get a happy ending every single time. And that, then I think it would just be easier for the writers then if they had one less companion they had to write for, one less main character to, to make work in these adventures. Because I think that's part of the problem is trying to give everybody uh, a, a good arc, which is, I mean, laudable. You want that. But at the same time, like, I don't think they've pulled it off quite well yet. So maybe it'll be easier. Or maybe they'll just figure out, maybe they figured out ways to pull it off and we don't need to kill anybody. Yeah. So we'll see. Either way, I am excited. we got to figure out what we're going to do watching wise because it is an New idea Year's eve at eight or eight thirty, and that's the same time as the georgia football game so i don't know if we tape the georgia game and watch doctor who i would think probably radio probably tape doctor who and watch the georgia game yeah i'm worried about spoilers then also though so either way we got to keep kind of radio silence with social media and texts and things either either way we decide probably yeah so one thing i wanted to do is kind of do a short podcast after every Doctor Who episode. Oh, I think that'd be fun. So we have like solo on just right after we see it. Just yeah, our, just to recap our opinions. I like that. I like that. That'd be fun. That would be fun. So what else are we talking about today? Do we have anything anything more you want to mention about our upcoming Doctor Who season? I think I'm guessing that the first storyline is going to be Rachnos based. That's, they showed that a lot in the previews. That would make I'd be down for that. Since we got that weird arachnid robot thing that's chasing a car in the trailer, right? And the last two-parter is going to be the one where, like there's something following her. There's something what? Remember in the trailer, like there's some, how something's coming through the TARDIS, right? And hopefully they'll set that up all season. Yeah, hopefully. And then culminate in that kind of thing. That'd be cool. Awesome. Yeah, so I think we're both excited. Uh, cautiously optimistic is how I would put myself. Yes. But uh, not terribly optimistic. <laughs> Just cautiously so. All right, so what else are we talking about today, Hank? Crisis on Infinite 
Earth. All right. And I don't think we have to recap totally what it is, but in one sentence, it was a comic book. Uh, <laughs> one sentence, it was a comic book. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> it was a comic book storyline meant to uh, take away all these different kind of universes and kind of get us back down to a manageable one, correct? Yes. All right. And now the CW is tackling it for their annual Arrowverse crossover episodes. And yes. so what have we oh, seen? Oh, and spoilers, by the way. Oh, yeah. Spoilers on this. So if you have not... Um, don't listen. <laughs> if you haven't watched <laughs> the first few episodes of that, but but take us through, Hank. What exactly have we? What have we seen so far? And we've seen the first four episodes, which are the ones dedicated to Supergirl, Batwoman, Black Lightning, and the Flash. We and what are we missing? The Arrow. We're missing one Arrow, which is the final. That's we're just missing one show. We're missing one episode. Oh, why did they? That's interesting. I thought they did it like three and two or something like that. Yeah, so did I, but apparently they're doing four and one. And will that one just be a regular 60 minute episode? I don't know. Okay, so what So what started it off? Uh, we started off with Supergirl, which I'm glad. I, I like how they've done this with crossovers. They get it, they get it going very quickly. We don't spend a lot of time just piddling around like the crisis starts like that in the episode now let me interrupt you for a second is that because have they done this for all of these crossovers like for at least for crisis they've been setting up the monitor coming beforehand like several episodes before appearing to different characters like at the end of an episode or something like that did they do that in the other crossovers as well they did not do that in the other crossovers they did do it for Elseworlds, I think, but that was only like the week before. So do you think setting up it in advance with the monitor in those previous episodes allowed them to be able to then to start off with a bang like you're talking about in Supergirl? Yeah, yes. All right, so that's, I, I, that's, so that's cool. That's a good method to do that. That's effective. I like that. Keep uh, going. I mean, it's, just, it's always fun to see all the different people from all these different, all the different people, characters from all the different storylines. On the other shows, like, and I just want to say I was right on a few things that Lila would be Harbinger. Yeah, you nailed that. And that Nash would be Pariah. So that's true. That's that's because there is no Nash in the comics, and but there is a Pariah, and you figured out that that's how they're going to to make that work. Yes, that's very cool. And as I recall, there were some. There's already been some cool cameos too, right? That have been fun. Or do you want to talk about that later? Oh yeah, probably. Um, no, we can do that now. There was cameos, and I hope in the final episode they managed to get a little Gotham cameo in there. But there's been cameos to Titans, which is the DC Universe streaming service show. It's supposed to take like a darker take on the Teen Titans. I'm sure I haven't watched it. I don't. I did. I think the first season was Trigon, and I think now they're doing Deathstroke or has done has done Deathstroke, which is, I think their version of Deathstroke is a more comic book accurate version of Deathstroke. Okay. Um, but the, the Tim Burton Batman film. Yeah. They brought in, uh, the guy, Robert Wool, who played the reporter alongside Vicki Vale, or maybe he was the photographer. She was now he's a reporter. She was a photographer. I think. 
Um, so that was kind of cool. The 60s Batman show, we got Robin. Yeah, we got the guy who played Robin. That was pretty cool. Uh, Smallville playing a more important role in all those cameos. Yeah, that was kind of a cool scene. Uh, they've resurrected Lex Luthor. That's not really a common cameo, though, so sorry. Keep going. Oh, yeah, and then the most important cameo was probably the Lucifer cameo in the Flash episode, which allows them to retrieve Oliver Queen's soul. Right, with uh, Constantine and Lucifer. Although it seems kind of weird how they bring him back. Like, if you're going to bring him back in, like, the very next episode, like, why... What's the point of killing him off in the first one? Yeah, that's. that's why I thought it was very. I'm glad. I'm did. I mean, I'm glad they brought him back after killing him because that seemed like a very anticlimactic. Yeah, that death. was in the first episode, wasn't it? No, that was. It was the very end of the first episode. Like, yeah, I want to be more Oliver Queen based his death. Like, and now we're fighting some shadow demons. And that's Oliver Queen's death. <laughs> so, uh, in the past, uh, again, I haven't had many of uh, these crossover episodes experiences with them. But I feel like one of the cool things about them was each show still kind of retained its own character a little bit. Are they doing that with this as well, you think? Um, yeah, I think I think so. Well, yeah, I guess the Batwoman episode was a little darker than the rest of the episodes. I really, bat, that Batwoman one was my favorite one of the crossover i liked getting to see bruce wayne be a kind of like an evil bruce wayne a kind of oh yeah torn because they were a different tired of the world bruce wayne and who played bruce wayne in that can't remember his name but the guy voiced him in the animated series right so the guy that the voiceover actor who he done you know other stuff too but that's definitely his claim to fame was doing he got to embody him physically as well and that was pretty cool. Yes. And he was good and dark and twisted. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, Superman Returns. I forgot. It's another cameo. They got the Superman from Superman Returns. Is that Brandon Routh? Is that That's Brandon Routh. Yeah, who plays... Uh, some, the Atom. The Atom in Legends. Yes. And other CW and shows. And what was, what's his main name? Ray it's Palmer. Not, Ray Palmer, yeah. Scientific genius, billionaire, dude. Uh, yeah, that was kind of cool to see him in a Superman costume. It was. Yeah, with but the not underwear playing him. On, with the underwear on the outside. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so, so far you'd say you're pleased? I am very pleased. Um, one thing that I thought was crazy, and I guess I guess we would have understood it, understood it, understood it. <laughs> understood it more if we had watched Constantine is the introduction of I don't know if he appeared previously in Constantine but uh, the Spectre who appeared in the Flash episode to kind of take on Oliver Queen's form or I guess Oliver Queen's taking on the Spectre kind of persona who is Spectre I really have no idea. All I know is he's part of the more mystical side of DC Comics, and he's crazy powerful. Is he a force for good or evil or kind of both? I think he's kind of an anti-hero, usually more on the good side, though. Okay. He's like supposed to be like God's vengeance on Earth. Oh, wow. 
that's quite a responsibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, so he's going to take over the training of Oliver, or take or take leave. I think Oliver Ol- stayed on the island with him. I think Oliver. I think at least from the preview of the final episode, Oliver's like becoming the Spectre. Oh wow. Which I guess is would would be a fun and interesting way to keep him around in the Arrowverse, at least on the more mystical side of things. Right, he could possibly pop back in at times if he wanted to. Yeah. If they wanted him to. Um, so what do you think's going to... First of all, do you think we should rewatch the episodes leading up to the final one, and when is that? I think it's January 16th. I may be crazy wrong with that. Oh, so we have time then. Yes. So I, I think we should rewatch those other and ones. And finish the comic. And finish the comic. I made such a big deal about that last time, and I've done zero reading on that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I need to get on that. Can we talk about um, how uh, the Black Lightning episode? Yeah, let's do that. First, talk about our technical problems with it. Oh, yeah. And this was on others, too. For some reason, like, our volume was acting really weird, and we got uh, Dad a soundbar for Christmas, so that helps us. I don't think that I don't think that will I don't think that was the problem, but I I am happy about the soundbar because that I think will help, especially help with Doctor Who dialogue. Oh yeah, which has because been a problem. For some reason, on Doctor past. Who, they put the music like way loud. Exactly. So our Black Lightning technical snafu, we DVR'd it, recorded it, and it was it was so weird. It was everything but the dialogue was able to be heard, and the dialogue almost sounded like a tinny little when you could hear it at all, like a tinny little version recorded in somebody's closet with copper, <laughs> copper line closet. So not great audio, but that was like for the first 15 minutes of the show. So we, we missed this like kind of opening confession monologue, which set up, I think the whole rest of the show, which is these three versions of this character. Of Jennifer. It out. Yeah. Well, three different universes handled the whole situation with, um, the head of the agency in different three different ways, and you get to see what those kind of ramifications are. And one thing that that episode revealed is that there is a black lightning on Earth-1, and yet, like, none of the heroes interact with them. Well, it didn't reveal it as in, like, hey, you're black lightning from Earth-1, but it logically connected those universes, correct? Yes, well, I think one of the Jennifer's the one that did the Flint, Michigan thing with the water was from Earth One. And like said that like she removed the metahuman powers of all the people in her town, which means that the people in Freeland had metahuman powers and that Black Lightning had metahuman powers. Yeah, so I think Black logically Lightning. that all makes sense. There might be some assumptions involved in that as well though. Yeah, so I'm like, why don't why why isn't Black Lightning helping us? Do other do other Arrowverse things, and why aren't the heroes? Just because I feel like they could break up this whole uh, old blockade in Freeland pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like Flash <laughs> just <laughs> Flash <laughs> phase through it, and yeah. So I wonder how they're going to handle that because I'm sure you're not the only uh, person who's noticed that, and if that'll come up as part of the solution, I don't know. And also, how how are they going to get the universe back? Because at the end of the Flash one, the whole multiverse is destroyed everywhere except, like... Earth 2, is that right? Or is Earth 1? No. Uh, it's... Whatever, what's the place in Legends where the, the Time Council the lived? The Time Vortex, perhaps? <laughs> no, I don't think that's it, but... 
but that that place. <laughs> okay. So, like, I think my theory of how they're going to get the world back is using Oliver's Specter powers to bring the multiverse back. I what think that might be. What powers does Specter have? I'm still not sure. Like, I don't know if I know he's crazy powerful, but like, I don't know if it'd be stretching it to create, recreate the <laughs> multiverse. Yeah, I'm curious how they're going to solve this thing as well. How did it end? The very last episode. A crisis. Like, what's the latest on what's happening? I think the Superman Returns, Superman was replaced with Lex Luthor. Because Luke's Lex Luthor rewrites the Book of Destiny and puts himself there. Which I think is good, since it'd be weird to end, like, this major, like, Avengers Endgame type ending for the Arrowverse with a character who was, like, introduced two episodes ago. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I'm still not a fan of this Lex Luthor. But Why not? I, he just doesn't seem mean or evil, or he's that he killed derpy like dude from Superman. Two and a Half Men. You know, he's John Cryer. He's I don't know. He's not very threatening to me. <laughs> but he he killed a bunch of Supermen. I just don't believe him, though. I mean, he doesn't scare me. I don't know what to say. We'll see you what know. Lex Luthor has to say to you when he pops in <laughs> with the Book of Destiny and kills you. So you say that he's not intimidating. I'll just use kryptonite on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you knew that was a joke. Um, all right. So predictions. Predictions. You think that um, Arrow is Spectre is going to be the one to kind of... Which makes sense because he's the one whose show is ending. So it would make sense that his... You know, that he's going to be dead. I mean, they predicted that. So, him being the hero to save the day and die and kind of fulfilling the Iron Man role of the MCU endgame, right? Yes. Any other predictions? Not so. What are your, what are your predictions? Um, I don't really have any. I'm so new to this world and universe, I don't really feel like I can make a, a good prediction. I'm just kind of along for the ride and enjoying it. And so far, I, I have been. It's been good. Yes. But I'm not sure I have any uh, predictions. All right. I think that's is that, it? Is that all we could talk about. I think so. I think that's all we wanted to talk about this episode, right? It was uh, kind of, I guess, I guess I feel lame. I didn't bring in any predictions, but like, um, I predict it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. I predict I'll enjoy it. I predict Oliver will die or at least be sent to some situation where his show ends. Uh, what about, are we going to get to see Felicity Smoke or not? We got it. Or at least like some previous footage Felicity Smoke. I predict we'll see Felicity Smoke. And I, that's, so that, that's my prediction. And that's my hope too as well. She was Oliver's wife, the mother of his children. Um. And she's disappeared from the show, so we want. And her. she's dead. So. Oh, she actually dead. Oh, because they're because of the black antimatter. Yeah, because the antimatter wave destroyed everything except for that. So who's place good? In the and, so, again, the last episode. Here, here's the people that are alive. Tell me, tell me who's alive, and tell me what they, what we think they want. Like, get everybody up to date for so they're ready. All right, the people that we fully know are alive are Supergirl. Flash, Batwoman, Lex Luthor, 
that random human that Iris brought along, I think. Oh, yeah. That's going to be awful storyline, isn't it? Yeah, and... um. Who were the other? Who was the other paragon? What about Sarah? Oh yeah, and Sarah and Sarah. Those okay. are the people that are alive. All right. And then Oliver might return because I know our like Oliver's like a in between life death thing. Yeah, I'm not really sure. All right. All right. So we will uh, we will obviously do an episode after Crisis is over, kind of recapping and giving our final thoughts. And we'll have the benefit then of seeing all of the episodes and having read the comic book. So we'll be thoroughly prepared to dissect what happened. Yes. Uh, what are you reading, Nick? You've been on Christmas break. Have you done a lot of reading? I did some of that James Acaster book you got me for Christmas. Do you like it? Is it funny? Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, tell everybody who James Acaster is. Uh, James Acaster is a comedian we really love. I don't think we've seen a lot of them. We watched his Netflix special repertoire, which we thought was absolutely hilarious. And he's written two books. I have the first one, which is James Acaster's classic scrapes, which are just tales of failures on his part. <laughs> yeah, he's and, a really he's a really funny British comedian. Uh, so that Hank, Hank turned me on to. Yes. Uh, very cool. And I am reading... Uh, what am I reading now these days? I am still... I'm reading... Uh, last. I'm reading two things. One, Exhalation I'm reading... Exhalation and Dryer's English. Yeah, Exhalation, this book of short stories by Ted Chang, uh, which is amazing. It was, you know, it's really, really great. And then I'm reading Dryer's English, which is... Uh, Kind of an, it's a formal and informal uh, grammar and style guide. It's by the person who does the style book at Penguin Random House Publishing, and it's a you know it's a grammar book, but it's written really uh, hilariously. Like it's a very enjoyable read, and I'm also learning as well at the same time. So that's that's a fun combination when that happens. Yes. All right. Well, until we meet again, thanks for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Sersier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com. Read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the flock email. Twice a month newsletter includes a short film, poetry, short story, and visual art right to your inbox. Monthly dose of art curated by Pineco Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating online.